Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is the only Betty Davis enthusiast that I know, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And really? I feel like I'm surprised you don't have like one friend who's just like, oh yeah, I like her. Uh, I, I would wager that most people that I am friends with don't know who that is, would be my guess. <laughs> Like, other than the song, and be like, oh, yeah, I assume that's a person Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I, I, I don't have a very diverse friend group in terms of uh, straight versus not straight. I, not even so straight. It's like, here, feel free to bleep this if, you, if you'd if you like. <laughs> okay. I feel like if you were like, oh, Angie really likes Betty Davis, I'd be like, yeah, I see that. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, not that I know of, anyway. Um. Anyway, uh, we are completing the back half of the very, uh, I mean, the kind of thing that has just really taken off culturally by storm. Andrew programs the show in the month of April, absent Moa. Uh, it's on everybody's lips. It's on everybody's Twitter fingers. It's you know, the new Met Gala. Moa. Yeah, it's absent Moa, baby, and nobody can get enough. Uh, so we're, we're here on the back half. Uh, we're doing Watcher in the Woods for thematic coherence, I guess. With yeah, Davis I was and, like, I wanted uh, something... Uh, something else to like go i mean we, i knew we were doing mommy dearest and i thought yeah. betty davis you know why not i'd never seen yeah. it before yeah i was i was i was giving it some shit uh at the end of the previous episode but i i liked it more on this watch and i'm wondering if i just watched this very late at night uh which is yeah it's, when I watched it's most of my halloween stuff definitely more enjoyable Fine. than i was expecting because the way you talked about it, i was like oh I got, it's probably you said it was boring i think was the way you yeah you didn't hate yeah. it you were just like it's boring yeah yeah which is the kiss of death for doing podcast movies yeah um, but yeah, so we watched Watcher in the Woods, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your Disney horror movie. Something about your Disney horror movie. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. So something that's very interesting with this movie in, in doing the research for it. One, we're going to have to talk about that. I hope you watch those. I did. Or at least skim through them. Okay. So we're going to definitely talk about that, but I'll wait till the end for that. But it's very interesting, like, you know, 2022 versus 1980. And you think like, oh, man, things are so different now. You know, how, how different things are and how, you know, how much, uh, you know, the, the things evolved. And in reading about this movie, it's like they put it out, people hated it, and they just were like, never mind. And they took it back and, and fixed it. And I was like, oh, man, like, the world was so much bigger then, right? Like, yeah. in the, in the, in the, uh, although I thought they, sense. I thought test screenings like existed back then, or is it, or was that not, were they not I widely used then? In 80. I think they did. I, I think the answer is probably a little bit of that. And also the, the critical reviews were so mean to this. Oh. The New York press was really mean to it. So I think that's probably part of it. And I say mean to it as if this is like something that's <laughs> protecting, like it's a fragile yeah. movie. But they were, the, the reviews were very harsh. But I was like, oh, man, you really couldn't do that today. And I was like, wait, didn't they do exactly this with cats? And they pushed out some like update to the video file mm-hmm. like 48 hours later. Yeah. Was it the hands or something? I don't remember. I've, ne- I've not seen cats yet okay i watched about an hour of it with commentary from a a, another movie podcast that i enjoy and i even with the commentary i was like i can't watch this (laughs) like i this is i can't do any more of this yeah this is too much it's it's just 
they add, tried to add a lot of plot to Cats, and there's, the point is that there isn't plot. It's Cats Hell, right, right. to quote to quote Angela Weber. It's Cats Hell. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I was like, oh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, they they are like, oh, we'll just update this movie 48 hours later and the version you saw doesn't exist. Which I have to say, like, is kind of cool that, like, that's how movie technology works at the, in, like, in yeah, the year 2020 yeah. or 21 or whatever. Um, yeah. It's just cool that that's how <laughs> that's what movie technology is. It's like, please disregard that last email. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say there is there is a little bit about it to me that's like... I always think the baddest, the worst version of it is going to happen. And it's like that whole thing that happened where uh, Disney, and I didn't watch the show, so I don't have any idea of the context. The Mar- the Winter Soldier show, I think that's what it's called, but whatever it is, it does the Winter Soldier Captain America thing that they did. They like put out the show and people watched it and generally seemed to like it. And then months later, somebody was tweeting like, "Hey, this scene's been edited and all the blood's not in it anymore." And then Disney did like a, "Oops, we're sorry. Like we didn't. That was just something weird happened with the file." And it's like, "Well, you did it. Like, why did you make two versions?" So I always think of this like, you know, they're gonna put out you know like say you know this movie morbius like if there's a scene in it that everyone's making fun of that movie in general but if there was a particular scene people are making fun of like they could just go in and be like we're gonna just cut this scene out and then it's back in theaters instantaneously which seems very weird to me uh i did not hear that about falcon and winter soldier because i did not watch that show uh it seemed more fighty than like weird cool shit which is what i liked about wandavision so i was like i'll skip falcon for now um, yeah, I did see that my boy uh, Wyatt Russell was in it, which made me intrigued, who? but not intrigued enough to watch it. Kurt's kid that I was going on and on about recently. Oh, like right. How he's got like a Kurt energy in a good way. Um, but I didn't hear. I didn't know. I didn't see. I didn't know there was like one scene in Morbius that everyone was making fun. I knew everyone's shitting no, all I, over that movie. I, I just pulled that out of my ass. Oh, okay. Like, I don't. I don't know that there's. I was just, just like Morbius was a movie everybody was making fun of, and it was just like if there was one scene that they could just be like and. Snip, you know, I just could see that happen. I feel weirdly vindicated that everyone hates that movie because growing up, you had a binder of superhero trading cards, and it was like uh-huh. it wasn't the A tier, but like I, I get this was it was I mean, it was everybody. It was I mean they, they were trading cards, so you got everybody. Like the A tier was there, but also there's a Z tier. But I, I just mean like I mean I guess this was the the late '90s, so there was they they weren't there was no A tier because people didn't give a shit the way well, they was, do now. It was based off the X Men. Is like the, what that came. Those cards came from me. I really like the X Men yeah. cartoon series, and then I wanted to, so that I think the the A tier of those cards would have been the original that that TV lineup of X Men: Cyclops, Wolverine, um, Jean Grey. But it was you also had like really like deep cut weird ones, which is oh yeah, because it was just a pack of cards. Yeah. So that's how I've been able to like impress nerds because you had this book. So like I'm like I am very aware of this like selection of thirty or so superheroes. Yeah. Like the yeah. Goblin Queen. And when you. When you say book, it wasn't like a book. It was a binder. It was like a binder with like with cards in it. Okay, yeah, just it, just so people know. Yeah, it was a binder of trading cards, and one of them was Morbius. And I remember it was cool. He was the like hiding up in the shadows above a thing, and it was like spooky looking. It was like, ooh, this is a scary card. And it was like, yeah, he's yeah. a vampire. And I was like, that's cool. And then I saw that they were making a movie, and I was like, oh, awesome. That sounds rad. And then I was like, oh, it's Jared Leto. Oh, I get. Uh, yeah, I don't care. God for damn it. it! I was like, "Is it too late that like maybe they'll change?" I was like, "No, it's go- it comes out next year," and then it came out, and everyone hates it. And I was like, "Cool, I'm glad because I was. This could have been cool." 
It's funny. You started talking about those cards, and I was like, he's going to talk about there being a Morbius card. I'm going to have no idea what he's talking about, despite the fact that this was objectively mine, and then you enjoyed it. I, wish it, I, well. I truly wish I still had it, because I like it's just <laughs> fun to flip through and, and read the back of the trading yeah, cards. Yeah. But you just described that card, and I like remember it. Uh-huh. It's like it had like a white border and like purple as sort of the accent. Yeah, color, purple, like purple, it and it was nice. it was like a dark blue, like sh- hiding yeah, in the sh- yeah. above in the shadows. I totally remember that, and I did like as you were talking about. It, I was like, there was a Morbius card in there. Yeah, like Howard. I I knew of him like casually tossed off as like a punchliney name just because the character's name is technically Morbius, the living vampire. Which oh is yeah, silly. Like, it's just a goofy name. And I've heard it tossed around by comic book people as, like, kind of a jokey thing, just using, oh, Morbius, the living vampire. You know, that <laughs> guy. Um, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But they, they put this movie out. It gets crushed by critics. Audiences don't like it. They yank it back. They hastily re-edit. Well, I guess not all that hastily because it took about a year. But they re to, to come back out. They re-edit it. They drop it back out in this version, which is the more widely available one. It's on YouTube right now if you'd like to watch it. Uh, it's a breezy 80 minutes. I think it's technically under 80 minutes. It's like 79. No, it's like it's 82. That. It's just over 80. The version I watched on YouTube was one hour and 19. So maybe we watched slightly no. different versions. Oh, yeah, never mind. It was, you're right. It was, it is, it, 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 the one on YouTube is hour 19. Yeah, so it's very, very shortened. I honestly would be intrigued to watch the original version. I still don't think I would like it, yeah, but I would no. be intrigued to watch it. I'm but also curious about, watching... about the Melissa Joan Hart directed one from 2017 with Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, yeah. Great, I mean, yeah. great casting choice for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you go wrong? Angelica Houston's an all timer for this kind of spooky stuff. Uh, the Witches, still scary. Oh, so good. But I was, I was thinking, like, even this 80 minute version, like, I'm not going to do it. I have like many other things to do with my time. But I think if you just slightly reordered this movie, it would be better. Reordered like, it? Even if you just took... Yeah. If you took the part where the... Like later in the movie, we get the flashback to... What happened? What happened with, to the daughter. I think if the movie starts with that, and then it's like, boom, 30 years later... And this new family comes in. This movie is way more interesting for the audience. Like you, you know a little bit more of the characters if that's the case. Okay. And you know like the core of the mystery that we're trying to solve. And if you wouldn't know anything, like you don't need to know about the eclipse. You don't need to know about like all the like mumbo jumbo. Just like they did this thing and the girl disappeared and they never saw her again. Hmm. See, I kind of liked the mystery element of it. Of like, well, what happened? Because um, frankly, I will say this. I don't say it often. This movie could have been longer. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the bones are there for a really interesting story, and like the, the the it's well. I mean, for what for the for what we have, it's well paced. But like, it feels it feels choppy because it's, there's so little there. Um, right. But it, everything kind of flows nicely, and the the bones are there, and the story is kind of spooky, and all the actors are pretty good. So it's like it's well directed too. There's lots of cool shots. In yeah, it's like lots well, of them. What happened? Like, is the book super thin? Like, is the book like a thin little like hundred page thing that they were like, "Oops." Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Also, do honestly. you know if the ending is from the book? Is the like, great? We won't do. I won't spoil it now because it is too buck wild to to give off the top. Is the? <laughs> yeah. Do you know if the like grand reveal is actually from the book? I think that the I so I did not even click the Wikipedia, but my guess would be that the like what happened to the girl is the same from the original source material would okay. be my guess. But I don't know the answer. I should have looked it up. 
normally I read the Wikipedia. I read the wiki. I got down the rabbit hole of like specific information about the production of this movie. Yeah, I didn't. I did too. Get to that part. Um, so I just I didn't get it. But maybe we can pull it up as we as we go along here. Um, we start with a secluded house in the woods. Always a good sign. And Kyle Richards is in this movie. Yes, uh, who was in Halloween and World's now a real housewife. Best fucking agent. Because yeah, no, for because sure. I, I was like, oh, cool. If everyone, everyone from the old ones is dying, and I was like, and then they showed her at the end in a wheelchair, and I was like, you bitch, you have the best agent <laughs> to be like, yeah, no, I'm not dying. I'll come back. Oh, I for- she survives at the end. She of does. Tommy Doyle dies. Nurse uh, Crane dies, and then she survives. And I was like, okay. I, I mean, I'm not mad because you're Kyle Richards, but like, how did you do that? <laughs> I mean, it does feel appropriate that the the nurse, like, I, I I thought it was like fine that she was there in the movie, but I was like kind of incredulous at the at the fact that this nurse is still like running around the street. Not as incredulous as the fact that the father of, uh, what's the guy's name? He's the sheriff in the movie. Oh, Loomis. Nope. nope. A- bracket. That's not it. Bracket. Like the fact that like a oh, one good scare. In, yes. The, uh, one good scare was atrocious, but it's also frankly like an indictment of the American uh, <laughs> life, I guess, that this man is still working as a security guard at a hospital and he's like, what, 85 years old or something? It's like, let this man just like sit on his porch. Well, he might, it might, I always, I took that as sort of a like when people retire and get a job at like Disney or like they get, they do something just to like keep them, keep them occupied. I guess the security guard at a hospital seems a lot bigger than uh, the thing you're describing of like gently in the small town of Haddonfield where nothing bad ever happens. I mean, I guess it just like people have seizures and people like yell at hospital administrators like that happens in small towns. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just quickly skimmed the Wikipedia. They describe the watcher in the way uh, the movie so does like a, it's the movie one is different. This one seems more like a witch. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing. But it's a it's definitely a book for kids. It's 229 pages. Okay. So the, the the Watcher is a physical being in the book. I will say I don't think it looks like it does in this, which is Buck Wild. But again, we'll get there. Um. So yeah, we we have a really nice like handheld POV to show the family arriving, like the the sort of creepy you're being observed thing, which is cool and effective. In this era of filmmaking, it always takes me like a minute to be like, am I supposed to be POV right now? Or is this just a not very, is this just, <laughs> you know, a handy cam or steady cam? Yeah. 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 And then, well, one, not so and then you have to wait for it to like move like, Oh, that's, that's probably a supposed to be. A, I think we're, I think we're people. I think we're a POV right now. Yeah. 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 Honestly, parts of this movie really made me think like, Oh, it's evil dead junior. Mm-hmm. Evil daddy, a little jazzy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I just, you know, the idea of, like, a, a Muppet Babies version of Evil Dead is really <laughs> making me giggle while watching this. Um, so they go to this gigantic mansion in the middle of nowhere, and it's very cheap, and it's like, okay, guys, rule number one, if your house is too big and too nice and too cheap, there's something wrong runaway, you know? Although I will say that the, the, uh, the realtor is like, hey... It's the the woman who owns this like just needs money. So like that's yes. why it's so cheap because it's whatever. But also she only 
rents to the right kind of tenant. And I was like, I think you mean the white kind of tenant if we're... <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Maybe not Betty Davis also... because Betty Davis was a, a very staunch <laughs> anti-racist person. But like... But also it's like, oh yes, there's a small house adjacent to the big house where she lives and can observe you. Like, okay, second point against... Yeah, I, I couldn't do way. that. Even, <laughs> if, it, even yeah. if it was Betty Davis, I'd still be like, I don't think yeah. I can live here. Yeah, exactly. Um, this house reminded me a lot of the haunting, uh, the haunting of Hill House. Yeah, it was very, it was Hill Housey. But then I was in looking at, into the production, the house where the other guy lives, whose name I just forgot, Keller, um, the one who's like reluctant, the one who's reluctant to help later, Keller, like I Keller. think. Yeah, his house was actually used for a production a- adapting the haunting. Oh, oh uh, the original was it the book, the one with Catherine Zeta Jones? I think it's older than that. I think it's like a sixties movie. Oh, okay. The haunting has been made, you know, you've, I'm sure yeah. you're aware it's been adapted. I also can never remember it was, if Catherine, because there was the haunt, the House on Haunted Hill and the yes. and the Haunting of Hill House both got remade yes. in the like early aughts, late 90s. Yes. And I can never remember yes. which one Catherine Zeta-Jones was in. Yes. Uh, I think Zeta-Jones is in the Hill House one because I just watched the other one. And I think so. not in it as far as I remember. Yeah. Um, so we got Betty Davis in this uh, adjacent house. We we see her there in like you know full crazy old lady hair, like really wisp, real stuff. wispy. Yeah, a uh, real Doc Brown energy. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there's later some flashbacks where they have this character played uh, in in the younger version. They just cast a different actress, but originally Betty Davis wanted to do because it because of course so she did. Like, that's that that's yeah. that's Betty Davis. She's yeah. If there's an so, opportunity to do that, yeah, I want to do it. So they're like, all right, they get the makeup team and the hair team, and they try to make Betty look as old as she can. They flew in her makeup team and hair team from L.A. Like, it wasn't like they got local. They they flew in her team from L.A. and did test shots. And they, they like, screened the footage, and the director telling this anecdote, it's really amazing. Uh, He, like dismiss the crew so it's just him and betty davis and he's like i'm sure he doesn't say this but like in the subtext of this uh quote he gives is like very clearly this man's like how the hell do i tell this to betty davis yes. like and he's like so i just don't think you got it betty and she he said she took a big drag on her cigarette and went you're goddamn right <laughs> which i just love it you're like, like goddamn the whole right. image of that <laughs> It's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, so obviously that didn't work. Frankly, I'm shocked she wasn't this. smoking in this movie. Cause Yo, uh, it's truly stunning that there's nobody. Probably, that's probably a little Disney business, maybe. Although in 80? Smoking Disney stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they cared in 80. Yeah, I You could still right. smoke in a hospital in 1980. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because Betty Davis famously, like, always has a cigarette in her hand. Every talk show yeah. interview, every everything was me, her with her cigarette. Uh, so we get this mysterious blue glow in the woods mm-hmm. and the, the blonde, the Jan, the sister who would, I, so uh, I can't remember this actress's name. It's, it's I she's got a hyphen first. Can't name. either. Um, but she, she, she was a figure skater who got cast in a figure. She like was <laughs> in ice castles. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she played a blind figure skater, but she was, she was somebody who like, was probably on the borderline for being like Olympic level. She mm-hmm. won like a national amateur championship, not quite Olympic level good enough. So she's like, all right, I'm going to join. So the she's ice movie capades. level. She, yeah. Well, she joined the ice capades, which is like entertainment skating. And it's like, man, what a different world that like a touring operation for figure skating was a viable entity that people went and paid money for, for decades. 
and that led to her doing that movie. But in this movie, which she was probably making in like 1979, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, give or take, she's playing a teenager. A year, a, a movie, uh, approximately a year later, for a movie that comes out in 1981, I think it's for your eyes only. I might have just gotten the title wrong. She plays a Bond girl who's trying to seduce Bond. Wait, she's she's actually a Bond girl. Yes, a year later. Wow. It came out a year after this. Like she is very young looking. I it, I pulled up the picture of her in James Bond and kind of vaguely remembered it. But I'm like, man, is she like even for James Bond, she is young. Which, which Bond would that have been? It's Roger Moore, who we, who, we like, saw the tail end of his career. Old, old man, Roger Moore? I mean, it was almost 10 years. Yes, he was old. No no di- disputing. But the Roger Moore movie you watched was almost 10 years later. Oh, that's fair. I, it was like 89, I want to say. Is that the one we Never did? Say Never Again? Kill? Or is that one? No, that's Connery. Uh, it's the one with, um, with Grace Jones. Jones. Yeah. And Christopher Walken, yes. I thought that... Um, the uh, ice castles had a real like blonde Shelley Duvall vibes. Oh yeah. I could see that. Uh, her character's name is Jan. So we'll go with Jan. She's the only character whose name I like, I consistently wrote notes about and it was just like big sister or she, yeah. everything else was either yeah. Betty Davis, Kyle Richards. <laughs> um, she's as she's looking at this blue glow, the glass cracks in front of her in this triangle shape, which is, used throughout the rest of the movie yeah and then betty davis lurks in really creepily too like just kind of like oozes into the room Mm -hmm. she's she's good at playing a villain she i mean she did it a lot yeah yeah for sure but it's sort of like you don't know if it's um gonna be one of those i'm being weird to protect you or i'm being weird because i want you to like fulfill a prophecy yeah exactly uh and the kids are kind of like, oh, this place is a little creepy. And it's like, yeah, listen to them. They're they're telling you the truth. Run. Well, I also love that this ho- this is a, like a manor. This is this is Bly right. Manor. This huge, and we only ever see three rooms. <laughs> yeah, very clearly there was a production budget that accomplished only so much. Because the girls are in adjoining rooms, and then we see a living room. And then the, the 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 foyer entrance with the staircase, and that's it. Everything, every other room is like, well, just a bit on there is the parlor. Yes, exactly. It's it's almost like a play. It's Shakespeare. <laughs> so they they drive away, and Betty Davis talks to the woods. Is like, I, I she she'll she'll be moving in now, and it's like, oh great, <laughs> what is happening? Is she being sacrificed? Like, yeah, is something going to eat her. And then the realtor lets them know that Betty Davis had a daughter who she she said she uses the phrase lost. So you don't know yes. what happened. It's unusual that someone says that someone lost a daughter and they mean that in the literal sense as if she just misplaced her. Well, you I feel like uh, <laughs> she had a daughter who passed away. Yes. But like, I guess you would say her daughter was lost. Yes. But that also is a weird way to phrase that. Well, if her daughter went, went missing, missing. Okay. Went missing. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Like, usually someone is lost in the time frame where they're like actively being searched for and then they are then spoken of in the past tense as if they're no longer with us. So they're moving in some stuff because Betty Davis agreed to let them stay. And um, the uh, Shelley Duvall is bringing in a, a mirror into the living room and it's this really great, like the the effects work because everything is so practical in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, she puts this giant. It's like a a giant round mirror with a base that's like two cherubs. So it's it'll it's a standing mirror. 
she puts it on a thing and knocks over the telephone and we follow her as she bends over and like my brain of like i've watched eight thousand horror movies I'm like we're gonna get back up uh-huh. there i thought betty davis is gonna be behind her a hundred percent i was like oh here's let me cue up a betty davis eyes joke. we are like i'm ready to write it down we pan down to follow the person and then when they come back she's not in the reflection but the rest of the room is which i was like that's so much cooler yeah i thought it was a really cool effect um because then they have shots like where they clearly just put like a piece of glass in there and shot from the other side so it's her reaching out and touching and you see that like flattening of the fingertips against glass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all very cool very practical like really nice in-camera stuff um i oh i wrote it down here so she is uh, the, the actress who's playing jan the older sister is approximately 21 or 22 years old here so then she's 22 or 23 when she's trying to seduce Bond. she really does she's a young she looks like a, like a late teen yeah yeah this is not a uh, a Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale is a great, more modern example. I was going to say nine hundred two and zero, but yeah, same deal. Yeah, I genuinely assumed she was just like a real teen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so then we see the bedroom, and I don't know if you clock this, but there's no fitted sheet on her bed, which really just like gave me the heebie-jeebies. So she's sleeping on a mattress under a flat sheet. It's a flat sheet, and then another flat sheet, and then a comforter. I feel like I've seen that before. But like that flat sheet on the bottom, like if like uh, maybe this is just a, me as like a mobile sleeper, but I'm like who that you're sleeping on a bare mattress, <laughs> like that's yep. what you're choosing to do. You're like that thing's moving, and then you got bare mattress. What are we doing here? Chaos, chaos reigns in this household. Well, I we are. I think we're just very active sleepers. Maybe I maybe everyone else sleeps like a Dracula, and it's just like you know crossed arms on their chest, and they wake up and they haven't moved. I I sometimes I, lately, and I haven't had a nightmare that precipitated this, but in the past week I have woken up three times with my arms up over my head as if I was like protecting myself from getting hit. Wow, <laughs> very strange. Yeah, but not like oh I woke up from a nightmare. It's just like I woke up in the morning and my hands were on my head. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. Wait. I had a oh I had a creepy nightmare that I thought would have was sleep paralysis, but the problem is I sleep oh. I sleep with an eye mask on like a it's a blackout mask. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. even if I wake up and I'm in sleep paralysis, I can't see anything. Right, right. But I went. So you have just like a hallucination, basically. I went to bed first, and I was like, oh, you know, give me good cuddles when you come to bed, Jack. And so I like woke up, and I'm still seeing black, and I feel like a hand. I, I swear to God, I felt a hand like on my neck, not like a, a choke, oh, just like a, yeah, a yeah. hand was there. And I was like, on the side of your neck. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, oh, it's Jack coming to bed. And then it started moving. And then I felt other hands just kind of like doing the like, like an up and down. Yeah, that's that's the sleep paralysis is what you're describing. Yeah, and Ooh, I, baby. I was like freaking out. And then I like r- was able to like rip off my sleep mask and I was alone in the room. As a veteran of it, that is what you're experiencing. Well, that's the thing, because I, I I didn't know if people had like touching experiences with sleep. Oh, I knew yeah. okay, I know typically yeah. you see things and you can't move, but I didn't know people felt yeah. being touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your eyes don't work, you'll hallucinate in a different way. Oh. <laughs> Brains are fun like that. Okay. Uh, so we pick up a puppy from a neighbor, which is like a wild From the choice. cute boy, like TM, drive. TM? Yes, yes. I think his name's Mike. I'm like 90% sure. I think it's Mike. Mike. But it's like very clearly like, oh, we got to uh, we gotta bribe the kids because we made them live here. Yeah, right. Although they didn't seem too mad about it. 
No, the kids see, like it wasn't like I can't believe you're doing this to me, which is like I feel like the setup of parents moving the kids in the middle of nowhere is very common for teen horror, which I watch a lot of and read a lot of because I enjoy that. Yeah. And it's like that is the kind of the standard by which all of this is measured. And this one I can't believe you made me like, move here, Max Dennison. Yeah, like, Hocus uh, Pocus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh very, very common uh, you know, trope. Um because it's like you have to get the kids to have a little bit of trauma to like start this, mm-hmm. right? Because then you have to that has to play into like why no one believes and it's like, well, they're already experiencing trauma and moving is better than my parents died or got divorced. <laughs> it's just like a better, yeah, uh, I think like a more, you know, uh, a less traumatic opening for your movie. It is, it's a less traumatic trauma, yeah. Uh, but the Ellie, the uh, the character played by Kyle Richard, starts writing backward and calls the 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 kid the dog rather Narek, and she's like, "Oh, that's what the dog's name is." And it's like, "Okay, I'm sorry." At the point at which my child is writing backward perfectly and spelling things, we're going well, to all the the team of psychiatrists. So here's the thing: she writes N E R A K on the on the window, mm-hmm. and I was and like, no one talks about it being a backwards word, and I was like, "Oh, that's the word Karen backwards." Very clear. I bet Betty Davis's kid is named Karen. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And later they talk like, oh, it's Karen backwards. And I was like, well, why didn't anyone say this then? Like, Right. Because we as the audience saw it because we saw the mom of the, the puppy, the, the puppies, the mom of Mike with the puppies saw Karen and like did a freak There's out a crash zoom back in the house. On yeah, the word yeah. Karen in the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike also is uh, like, clearly they were like, uh... Tommy from Carrie. That's what the teen girls yes. like. Let's yes, get him. Yes. Big old mop of curly hair. Very boyish face. Yeah. Uh, so we go back home. Ellie goes missing. Jan's like on the hunt for her in the woods, trying to track down her and the dog. And there's a and, creepy and, man in the woods. Yes, there is. But I was going to say, when the kids are with adults, they're usually pretty okay in this movie. But when it's just the two kids coming off each other, it gets very Disney Channel acting, like very big and and like over the top dramatics. I think I think Jan is more guilty of that than Kyle yes, Richards. Yes, she is. Because a lot of yeah. like later she talks to Mr. Keller, and I'm like, why are you screaming every line? The the one with Mr. Keller particularly drives me nuts and we can save it for later, but the, she like hasn't learned how to change her inflection, just her volume. And it's really annoying. Yeah. Cause Kyle, I, I actually, Kyle Richards does a really interesting thing that like, maybe it wasn't her, maybe it was post-production. Um, but when she's speaking as herself, she just sounds like a normal little kid. Her voice is kind of high pitched, but whatever. But when she's in her trance, her voice drops a little bit. It's not yes. like, it's not yeah. like an Evil Dead, like, bruh, bruh, bruh. it's just like, yeah. goes from here to here. And yeah. it's something that a human can consciously do. So I don't know if it was post-production or whatever, but I like that. It, it feels it feels like a choice whether she was coached into it or not. It feels like an affect that she is doing as an actress, yeah. even though she's a little kid. Because it's really just like, go flatter, you know, mm-hmm. which I think people can understand. So we get a strange uh, humming and then a glowing circle in the pond. And then Jan gets zapped into the water uh, by this circle, presumably. And we get one of the most delightful scenes. It's insane. Betty Davis channeling uh, Faye Dunaway from Mommy Dearest, despite (laughs) not having happened yet. And she's got this big stick and she's like jamming it in the water repeatedly. And the... uh, uh, (laughs) 
Jan underwater is doing this like big eyed blowing out big bubbles. Like very clearly there's an air regulator like right next in her hand probably that you can't yeah. see. And it's like, all right, take a breath. Okay. Big take. Okay. Take breath. But she's blowing out like huge bubbles and going like, really good. Like she looks like she's terrible. One of the shots looks like a dummy. Yes, it does look a little bit like a dummy when the when it's just the body. You mean? Yeah, there's there's like one shot where I'm like, I was like, why would they use a dummy for just one shot? Yeah, but Betty Davis, the like crash zooms and tight close ups of her as like maniacally jammed. Well, because she appears out of nowhere. So it's just good. the two girls yes. by the pond. The yeah, older yeah. sister falls in, and all of a sudden, Betty Davis is there with like a staff a witch would use to stir a cauldron. Uh huh. Uh huh. To push the girl in the water. If she, if she had, like, this scene had been followed up by the Jan waking up and Ellie eating, like, a plate of cookies and it's, like, a chunk of the house is missing, you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, this is the witch. Yeah. Clean my oven, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, Joe, she wakes up and it's like, oh, she was trying to push you down to save you because you were stuck, which, like, is probably accurate, but not very helpful in the moment. Yeah. I mean, but how are you supposed to explain that to a person under drowning underwater? Right. Basically, right. there were like downward facing branches and ice castles was stuck under them. So she had to be pushed down to free it, to like wiggle yeah, away. Exactly. It's cool looking. It's it's a well-designed, like the thing she's stuck on looks very cool. It does. It's a great prop. Yeah. Um, uh, for this next bit, I'm wondering if you could hold on to this for me. And what is that? Okay. You've legally touched the shoehorn, which means I'm allowed to put this point in here, even though it doesn't belong. I just like that noted for the record, Go ahead. please. Uh, give the court reporter, uh, this sequence here, I did not know you had seen the bye-bye man, or I would have brought up the bye-bye man when we were talking about fade out away yes. last week, which is the more obvious place to do it. But this sequence where they like go to Betty Davis's house and she kind of like lays out the plot and what's going on. This is, is the flashback identical. scene, right? Or no, she, not it's some it's her flashback. version of the flashback yes yeah yeah it's not the ring around the rosy bit but she basically like runs down what happens and it's almost exactly identical to faye dunaway's scene in the bye-bye man except faye dunaway is only this scene and not the rest like betty davis is in this movie much more than yeah. faye dunaway is in the bye-bye man but uh God, it's had, such a stupid fucking title it's so dumb but it's i i watched it not expecting to get much out of it and really enjoyed myself and so now i'm on like a quest to get other people to watch the bye-bye man. Like, so I you are you are it. the movie now i am doing the bye-bye man yes uh much like <laughs> much like the movie is like don't think it or say it i am doing the opposite and i'm like you should all watch the bye-bye man because <laughs> it's deeply stupid and really really entertaining um especially if you watch the uncut version which is inexplicably has a scene where you see the three actors butts uh, in front of a train. And then uh, one shot of a, of a sex scene where there's like a big thrust like, it's a back with like a big back muscle thrust for no reason whatsoever, adding nothing to the movie. But uh, there is a scene in that movie where a dummy gets killed by a train. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the coolest things I've watched in a modern movie. Maybe ever is like yeah. they fully just ran a dummy over with a train. They put a GoPro on. The, I watched it. I literally. I haven't done this in so long, but I uh, I got it on DVD from the local library. Oh, I'm probably the only person who's ever checked it out. But so I was able to do the thing where you go they had like, to blow pause. the dust off it. Yes, it is like they got the Indiana Jones trinket thing <laughs> and screwed on top of the staff and found it. Well, now I'm picturing it being uh, like, oh, you weren't supposed to check it because of the mythos. You're not supposed to check yes. it out. <laughs> yes, don't don't watch it. Don't play it. It's the bye-bye man. Uh, 
but I was able to pause it and go like frame by frame forward and watch the dummy get run over by the train. I was howling with delight. It's so good. Uh, it's so dumb. I remember uh, my boyfriend. So stupid. My boyfriend came in as I was watching it. I was like halfway through and he was like, so what's going on? And I was like, it's a creature that <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> It, it's its power comes from knowing about it. So if you don't say its name or write it, if you don't know it exists, you're safe from it. So yes. they're trying to kill everyone who knows about it to keep everyone safe. Yeah. And he was like, "It's like a Slender Man." And I was like, y- "Yes, they they <laughs> yeah. wanted their own Slender Man." Yes, uh, yeah, and they leave it open for a sequel set up. And I'm like, baby, if you make that sequel, <laughs> the Bye Bye Man too, I will be in that theater. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm there, maybe. So uh, coming to Patreon one day, maybe the Bye Bye Man episode. Not really. There's no earthly reason for us to do that. Oh, God, I no. I enjoy talking about that movie. The flashback doesn't even take place um, in the 80s. The flashback is in the 60s, I think. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it's there's no reason to do it. Uh, but I just it's the same like <laughs> they bring in Faye down away and she does this like one sequence to probably film for a day tops, maybe two. And uh she kind of like spills out exactly what's going on in the movie. And that's sort of what they do here with Betty Davis, which is why I wanted to bring that. Yeah. Up. So she explains Karen's disappearance. Um, Young Betty Davis see... is doing a really funny Betty Davis impression. Yes, she is. And there's a, there's a quote I read in the like production uh, research that the actress really didn't want to do it, but she's a big daddy, Betty Davis fan. So they kind of talked her into it. And like Betty Davis kind of gave her, obviously she's like, yeah, someone needs to play it. But I just found that such like a funny thing. It was just like, you're doing a Betty Davis impression. Like, obviously, <laughs> you knew what you were doing here. Like, why did you act like you didn't want to do this? Very clearly you wanted to do this. So it's the night of a, a solar eclipse. And they're in this burned out church. Um, the By the way, the mom uh, of the, the two kids, Jan and Ellie, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Curtis, still alive. Just turned 90. Really? Yeah. Wow. She did. I checked on her wiki. I didn't see much that I recognized. No, I she she's worked, but not not a lot that I've seen either. Yeah. Uh, so that gives us sort of the background. You know, Karen disappeared on a you know thirty years ago. Nobody's seen her since. It, there was a, a flash of light, not lightning, but like the weird the the post production animation blue light that yes. we've seen. Yes, the the Ghostbusters lightning. Yeah. Uh, we get our inexplicable dirt bike interlude, which is just like yeah. completely out of nowhere. And it's very clearly like we got to get some action in this movie. So have them do something active. It's very bizarre. Well, right before that, mom is saying like, I don't want you hanging out with Betty Davis because she's clearly crazy talking about ghosts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so they they all go to the local dirt bike race. To support Mike, who they're all like very excited to cheer on, despite the fact that they met him while adopting a puppy, and that was the extent of their interaction. That's what I mean. Like this movie just needs a little bulk. Like, give me a scene with her calling Mike and fl- or like, yes. honey, Mike's on the phone for you. Like something, or he delivers the groceries for the local store, yes. or just like get any re- or he thinks she's cute and he rode his bike over to talk to her mm-hmm. you know like i don't care it doesn't need to be all that important just give him another scene uh so mom is dressed or 
Or just have him have him be, have him be like when they're leaving with the puppy. He's like, "Hey, I don't know if you like dirt bikes, but I'm in a dirt bike race next Saturday. Like, you should that come too. check it out. That works. Like, just set set like literally. It goes from I don't want you talking to better Jay Davis. Crash <laughs> cut to <laughs> yeah, just crazy. Uh, mom is dressed like uh, Mrs. Brody from Jaws. She's a hundred percent. She's got little cigarette pants and the and the thing in her hair, the the bandana uh, in the hair. Yes. But my favorite part, so we're like at like local dirt bike place. It's just people mm-hmm. you would expect at like a local track. race, like mm-hmm. whatever. And then we cut to mom and dad and they're at a, they're sitting on a picnic blanket drinking champagne yes. out of coops. And I was like, yes. sign me up. <laughs> I love a coop glass. I mean, what do you think is in those thermoses on the sidelines of kids soccer games? Not champagne. I mean, I think a mimosa is happening. I, I think booze is happening, but like no one's pouring champagne into coops is what I'm like. That's well, the gotta, energy yeah, I you want. Gotta, you got to keep it hidden. It's got to be in the thermos. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's what I don't want. I want, I want, I would be far <laughs> up on the hill with the coops, with the glassware. Uh, we get, uh, so Lindsay like calls out to Jan. She's like, come here, come here. And she gets her to move off this rock. And we Not get a Lindsay. really nice dirt bike Lin- explosion. Lindsay is her name in Halloween. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ellie, <laughs> Ellie is her name. Ellie has a premonition. I 100% wrote down Lindsay. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, Ella, Ellie. And it's not a premonition. She says that Narek told her to tell her to move. I mean, I would I would file that under premonition. It's not directly. Well, it's, just, it's an indirect premonition. She's not, it's not a premonition. She's getting instructions from her dog. Who is ostensibly a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> But there's a nice, exp- this, this guy has a really horrific, like, very clearly injured his vertebrae and neck. Yeah. Uh, dirt bike crash. And then his bike goes launching, lands on the rock where she was just standing and literally explodes. The first of two inexplicable explosions in this movie that I can't get enough of. They're great explosions. And then I, I just feel like this would have, it needed a little more clarity, like everything in this movie. Because all of a sudden, like, we're just like... L- I needed something to show that like Kyle Richards was looking at her sister and got right. a, not a vision. She got words. She got an instructions because we were just kind of looking at her face when all of a sudden she's just like panicked and screaming for her sister. And I was like, well, like, give me a little telephone that like she saw something or she was heard something or just give me like a distant, you know, an echoey voice. that's like, you must call to Jan, you know, like do something like that. Yeah. I feel like they don't react enough to the fact that she was just, Jan was just standing on a rock that, that a, a bike exploded on. Like, they yeah, don't Jan care about even, that enough. No, Jan is even like, yeah, well, that was crazy. Like, what? No, that was way beyond <laughs> Whoa, crazy. Whoa, dude, didn't you see that? <laughs> yeah, I almost died. Like, is she drinking a coop or six of <laughs> champagne? Is that what's going on? Uh, so Jan goes into the woods where this hermit lives, and this is really a huge bummer. Like, this person clearly has some mental health problems, and he's living in the woods in a place that has incomplete walls. Oh, wait, you're you're jumping ahead. Roof. Okay. Because f- first, um, she talks to Mike about what she learned from Betty Davis, and Mike asks, decides to ask his mom about it. Okay. And she is, like, super dodgy. Right. I have Mike's mom implicated. I thought that came up. F- I thought these scenes were kind of cross-cut, but okay. Super dodgy. She's... There's an SNL character that they did once of the girl on SVU who definitely did it. And that's yeah. exactly the energy she's giving. She was like, it was just a prank. I don't have to talk about that. That was old news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
It was a prank, okay? We didn't mean it. <laughs> so, she's very dodgy. So the girls go out uh, horseback riding with, with Cutie Mike while their parents go do something. Hang on, you cannot jump over the giant part of this movie that you just jumped over. As they're going to get on the horses, they tell the parents that they need to pick up peanut butter, and they ask whether they want crunchy or smooth. And this is like a big discussion that needs to happen. I don't know why you're just like running to just... Because crunchy know, is the answer. Flippantly. Obviously, but I said that recently in, in a different household, and people acted like I had said, oh, I prefer if you take the peanuts and take a big poop on them first. Wait, people want smooth? Oh, yeah. It was like, I, I was a pariah. I mean, I also only buy, like, two-ingredient peanut butter now. Yeah, yeah, ditto. I don't you buy dessert buy peanut butter. You buy chunky versions of that. Yeah, no, I do buy chunky. I buy the, the chunky... Okay. The chunky smuckers. I, do, well, I, I don't eat enough of it that I care, and, and uh, my fiancé is a smooth person, so I buy really? what she likes, because I... Yeah, but we also buy the two-ingredient peanut butter, which is gritty enough for me that I'm like, this is fine. That's fair. But yeah, uh... Uh, but yeah, the, the kids, the kids, I believe, want both. They do one once. They want one of each. Yeah. So then they get on the horses. Yes. Sorry. The, I mean, I am a big peanut butter person. I just didn't know that that was I didn't know if that I should push my agenda on the podcast. Well, get out there and tweet uh, tweet at us. Uh, yeah, team Crunchy or Team Smooth. Uh, so, yeah, they're horseback riding and uh, Ice Castles is in this like fabulous country western look. She's in like a, yeah, a red Western really shirt with a bolo tie with mm. a handkerchief. And I, I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Very Barbie. And so Kyle Richards leaves them alone so they can like talk and flirt or whatever. And he's like, uh, yeah, I talked to my mom and she was like real evasive about the time that she was directly involved with somebody's death. I don't know why, but it, she just didn't really want to talk. Yeah, about I was like, it. buddy, you need to read some signs. Yeah. So w- something happens to spook the horses and the girls. It's just the, it's the woods themselves. That's the, right. The he says, let's woods, cut yeah. home through the woods. And when they get there, it's basically that scene in Beauty and the Beast where the, they're at the crossroads of like spooky woods or not spooky woods. Yes. Uh, but the horses take off in different directions. And Mike decides to go after the little girl because she's a little girl and presumably needs and more help. We're cross-cutting between Ellie on the horse and a truck, and they're very clearly setting up like a gauge in Pet Cemetery situation yes. here. Yes. Oh, my God. But then the blue light in the woods saves her and makes the yes. truck explode. <laughs> I also love, there's this inexplicable, like, it's clearly the thing they use to make the truck flip over. Like, I've seen the prop, and, like, I've seen how they do that in yeah. it's like a one. It's like a narrow ramp that's aimed to, like, get two of the wheels off the ground to flip the thing over but they make it look as if it's this like pedestrian bridge to cross some water but it's really just like a puddle yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's very a very small silly. amount of water yeah and it's the bridge is like very high like you it climbs up like six feet high and then drape back down it's very goofy so he saves her and then um ice castle's horse takes her to the chapel where everything happened all those years ago and like bucks her off so she goes inside because she kind of like recognizes what's going on and she mm-hmm. sees the the triangle that she's been seeing everywhere on this coffin that's just like sitting in the middle of whatever. Yeah. So she goes up to it and there's like a, the creepy guy is lurking again. We see him briefly and she sees the reflection of the, is this the first time she's seen her? No, she saw her before with the blindfold on. She's, yeah, she saw her with the blindfold. Also... I, I wrote down coffin as well, but I think technically it's sarcophagus because it's stone. It's like a permanent. It looks oh, like a more permanent right. structure in here. That I, and I'm just clarifying for those who haven't seen the movie. It's like a more permanent a, part. of the Yeah, movie. a big stone. Yeah. Where, where you would push the top off if you needed to get to the jewels in a 
yes, in an old exactly. movie. <laughs> exactly. And they fully throw a wet bird in this girl's face. <laughs> yes. Also, they do two jump scares with the bird because first the bird goes from the foot of the coffin sarcophagus thing to the head and she jumps and then it comes out and hits her in the face. They like, clearly Hitchcock's threw bad. a bird at her face. Yeah. Uh, and then she kind of like gets scared and runs away. And then we see the creepy man run like a creepy man. He like, yeah, that's a weird little this, run. Like, loping. Yeah. This weird loping gate. It's a pretty good performance by this guy. I would yeah. say. Uh, and then she brings Mike in and he's like, it was your reflection. And she was like, no, no. Okay. I, I know what a reflection <laughs> yeah, they're, is. They're fighting over this. And then like a stack of chairs crash, a huge windstorm blows up. One of the glass windows shatters. Like all these things happen. And Mike's like, yeah, I still don't see any sign that this is something weird. Cause then Kyle <laughs> Richards runs in. She's like, what happened? And he goes, the wind knocked a, a window out. And she goes, there wasn't any wind outside. And he's like, yeah. I don't know. Guess we'll never figure it out. <laughs> it's one of those inside wins. Yeah. And then we see that um, there's this a circle of stained glass and then another circle like half on it to sort of represent an eclipse. Mm-hmm. And it takes Jan like an hour to put this together despite... Like, I know I'm a 35-year-old man watching a movie ostensibly for children, but I was like, oh, eclipse, right. That makes sense. And she's like... Hmm, what could two circles mean? Like we're playing Blue's Clues or something. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to the creepy man talking to a man we identify as John Keller. They were involved in the incident that made Karen disappear all those years ago. And it's funny because uh, the creepy man is talking to Keller and he goes, she was looking at the coffin and he goes, that's impossible. And I was like, How? It's in the middle yeah, of the room. It's still in there. Yeah, it's not. It's, this is not that difficult to conceive of happening. Also, I can't believe this, it's only been 30 years because these all look a lot older. Yeah, well, people lived like you see a 50 year old in 1980 and it looks like a 70 year old today. That's Modern fair. Medicine, man. It's like the Golden Girls. Yeah. Oh, Golden Girls is genuinely hilarious for it because uh, Betty Davis's character is 55 when the series starts. And I'm like, no, sorry, that's not what a 55 year old looks like. Like my my parents are our parents are approaching 70 and they look much better than all of those cast members. Yeah, I don't ever. Oh, what was it? Something was like something was like this is the Golden Girls age. And then this movie of older women, this is how old. Oh, you know, Sex in the City. It was and just like that. The, yeah. the women in and just like that, the Sex and the City reboot, are older than the Golden Girls were when the show started. And it's just like... I, it would not shock me to... Yeah, it's, that seems... Yeah. Or like Tom Cruise is like well, way older than Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. Like way older. Well, he also probably sleeps in formaldehyde. Yeah. That's in his race car bed. Choice. Um, back to this movie. They do like a web 1.0 jump scare here. I was These mad. two men are fighting. I was so ticked off. Like, it's not even like part of the movie where, you know, it's, oh, it's a cat. You thought it was something else and the cat jumps at you. No, it's just like these two men are fighting. So you're, you're paying attention to the scene and all of a sudden it goes, bah! and it's like a spooky haunted house ride at the fair that we have, we had no idea they were going to the fair. It was like inexplicably uh, it's a black screen with a thing goes like right at the screen. Screen. I was so like, that's crazy. cheap. That's cheap. <laughs> it's like, like you, you remember that was like the maze. early internet. It, yeah, a maze or like cross your eyes and look at these dots and lean in close to the, the car commercial one. The car commercial. It was one. like it, footage one. that looked like a car commercial of like a, a single car driving on like a country road that was windy. Uh, and it, it was like, pay attention to the end. Do you see it? And you were like, kind of like leaned in. And then like, yes, okay. it wasn't the it wasn't the exorcist face because that one was popular. It was it like. 
it like they they edited it so whatever the creature was like leaned into frame it was like yes yeah uh early internet so we're having fun at the fair um and then inexplicably they're just like very mean to to kyle richards they're in like a fun house looking at the mirrors and jan says to mike we should bring ellie it might curb her appetite appetite okay one this is like a seven-year-old yeah and we haven't it's not even established that she eats a lot and she's not fat. <laughs> she's yeah. not even 80s fat. She's not even like like when you go back and watch the Goonies and you look at Chunk, you're like, oh, that looks like a reg- that looks like honestly like a thin kid these days. Maybe not thin. That's it's a more of a standard kid. I, I yeah. I mean, kids are way different looking than back then. Well, yes. But she goes into like a 360 mirror room. Yeah, this scene is probably my favorite in the whole movie. The effects are so cool. Yeah. It's generally a little unsettling and creepy. Like, like, like this movie in general is not, but there's a few parts where I'm like, this is pretty effective horror stuff. Like, yeah. really unsettling. Well, I it, think honestly, not like this is a silly comparison, but like it kind of reminded me of the mirror stuff in us. Like, it's really easy to yeah. play with mirrors in a way that there, make you feel off. It's easy to have that because it, because it shows you what's behind you. Yeah, it's like um, oh, there was um. One of the Conjuring movies, mm-hmm. it was an amazing version of the jump scare because it was uh, Farmiga in the basement looking at a giant mirror and there was like the nun was coming up behind her. So she turned oh. around and she wasn't there. So she turned back to the mirror and then she saw her again. So she turns around real quick and she's not there. And then she turns around to the mirror and the nun's behind her. And you're like, OK, third time we're going to get her. Whips around. Yeah. Nun's not there. And she kind of like oh. breathes a sigh of relief and turns back to the mirror and the nun's there. They got you. No, that sounds great. But she is now, uh, Ice Castles has disappeared from all the mirrors and it's just the blindfolded spirit. I'm a little curious how they shot that. Like, how do you remove her? But put, cause then we get these like cool shots of like multiples of the, of the ghost girl, like layered on top of each other at an angle. It's just really cool stuff. I totally agree. I I love this mirror stuff. I think it's really good. So she gets freaked out and runs away and talks to Mike and there's obvious ADR because they're at an active fairground. Yeah. So she decides to go to Mr. Keller and just come in hot with icy ghosts and mirrors, which like, yes, ease into that one. That's a, that is not Mm -hmm. an opener. They get into like a big yelling fight. And this is what I was talking before where it's like she knows how to adjust the volume of her voice, but she doesn't know how to change her inflection. And it's like the line is, Mr. Keller, please, I need your help here. And instead she's just like, Mr. Keller, please, I need your help. <laughs> and it's like hit the word with different emphasis, kid. It's so much yell. Every line is shouted. And it's like, girl, calm, like bring it down. Figure out different nuances right. because yelling isn't yeah. yelling is easy. And it's not yes. effective. Right. And it's also like one tool. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to yell at a scene, but if you're only, if the only modulation to your voice is yelling, you're bad. Yes. More creepy POV here. As They're Jan so goes. good. I don't know what it is about this, yeah. this set specifically. I wrote like, these are really good. Yeah. It's honestly very similar to like Raimi shots. I don't think it's what it is, but it's very no, yeah. similar. Um, but this is, I think, Tom. I think you mean in how much personality there is. Well, I just mean they're a little wiggly too. Like they follow and they, you know, they have, they're, they're, yeah, they're, there is a lot of personality to them and they're also like unsteady cam as it were. Yeah. Like they're not, they're intentionally not smooth in a way that's uh, off putting. Mm -hmm. 
But so she goes to visit Tom, who is the third member of the uh, little circle of friends who were there when uh, Karen got lost. And this is like just super depressing. This guy lives in a shack in the woods. It doesn't have it doesn't have three walls. I think it has like th- maybe it has four walls, but not like complete walls. Like there's They're not full big walls. holes in it. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a, a, a domicile. This is a, a not even a shack. Honestly, I've seen better construction. It's a lean to essentially. Yeah. And it's like. The two people he was friends with know that he's living like this. Get him some help. Like he just needs assistance. Obviously, this man is not capable of 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 living on his own. Like help him. Like do something. Yeah. Well, again, if this movie were a little beefier, it might explain what happened to these people since right. thirty years ago when Karen disappeared. I almost said exploded when <laughs> Karen disappeared. Yeah. Karen did not. Karen explode. did not explode. Very different movie. Like it could have been like. He turned to alcohol because he couldn't handle sure, what he yeah. did, and yeah, whatever, like exactly. something to explain. Because in any other movie, this is the guy who would die first when the creature of comes course. after the people who did it in the thirty years mm-hmm. ago. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. But he seems like like there's a there's a jump scare here with a cat, uh, which is like, yeah, fi- I'm fine with. Like it's not the it's not the ag- aggressively bad one from before, but he's like nursing this cat back to, to health and he thinks that Karen or Jan is Karen as a ghost and he's like wants to touch her and confirm that she's corporeal which is crazy but he's like nursing a bird back to health and a cat and he seems to be a nice man and he's yeah. just living in a shack well then I mean I okay he does at one point Karen like looks up and sees that he has like dead mice nailed by their tails yes. and he's like when I find them oh, dead I, I they were I thought they were on strings I thought they were, I, maybe they were, but they were hung by their okay. tail. Okay. And he was like, I bury them when I find them dead. Cause he was like, he basically was talking about how like when poachers hurt the rabbits or the cat, like, cats or whatever, he nurses them back to health and lets them go. And he goes, when I find them yeah. dead, I bury them. And I was like, okay, but why is there a step of hanging them up by their tail between finding them? Like, why do you bring them yes. home? Could you bury them there? Yeah. Or maybe I mean, even is, if you have your own little plot of land, a specific plot where you're like, these are all the dead animals. Like, it feels like you... I thought he was feeding them to the cat, which would make sense. He says he buries them. No, I know he does. I know he does. So, but he loves animals. So in movie language, that means he's like an okay person. Yeah. And she, except Jan they keep, tries to this poor him. live bird keeps getting manhandled back and forth and yes. it clearly doesn't like it. No, no. Well, this is before we cared about animals on screen. Yeah. But crows remember shit. Crows are yeah. Crows hold grudges. That, this this crow tracked down Jan years later and pecked out her eyes. Maybe yeah. Um. So Jan's like, all right. Like, why was she blindfolded? She's trying to convince him to spill the beans. And Tom, um, runs down the night of the disappearance. He explains they were going to do this like ritual uh, at the chapel, and they they brought Karen there, and she was blindfolded, and it was like very clearly silly kid stuff, right? Like yeah, that, that's the. That's the part that I wanted more explanation for because this is kind of set up that it's like a sinister thing, like the kids are doing black magic, but I don't think that's what the movie wants you to like once is the truth of the movie. That's why I was confused because it, they're like we blindfolded her so she wouldn't know where the clubhouse was, but I guess mm-hmm. everyone knows where this chapel is, so like whatever. Yeah. And they're like he's basically the leader Keller is basically perf- sounds like he's performing a spell. He's like Yes. You won't yeah. break our circle and like we're going to ask the spirits if you're worthy of our club whatever. And so like everything about it sounds very mystical and magical and feels very mystical. And then as they're doing their ceremony and they're like we're asking if you're worthy, 
the blue light splat like crack happens and the church catches on fire at the top and they all run yeah. away and i was like so this is your first time having anything magical happen right because i to me it seemed like when little kids do like you know oaths and chants of of secret friendship stuff yeah it's like the egypt game you no know? not yeah, yeah, and not uh, not what this is, which is like conjuring black magic, like that Clint Howard movie we just did. Oh God, it's very, very strange. And Tom is the last one out, and he sort of looks back and he sees that Karen has disappeared, and then the church bell falls and lands where where she was standing. And so later, when they can't find the body, he's like, "Yeah, she disappeared before the bot, like the bell fell." And everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, there's no way out of the building. How could that be true?" Mm-hmm. Even Betty Davis says that later, like directly yeah. to to Jan. She's like, "There's no other way out." But like, I don't know. He saw what he saw. What do you want? So Betty Davis hears Kyle Richards humming a tune and she like invites her inside to show her this music box that plays that tune. Uh, no, she invites her inside for cakes, which is the number one sign that you're dealing with a witch. No, you're she says tea and cakes. She says, I have something you want to see first. I thought she said tea and cakes. So no, what she's what happens is she says, uh, why don't you come inside? I have something I think you'll want to see. And Kyle Richards okay. says, I was told not to not to. um disturb you and betty davis says you're not disturbing i was just having tea and cakes okay so she shows her this music box that her daughter used to have that plays the same song and then um ice castles comes in and is like betty davis here's what happened here's the tea and then as they're talking kyle goes into a trance and is talking about like open the door save whatever and they they're like oh Karen. karen how can we help you and she goes not karen and then uh, Jan goes, well, who are you then? And she says something weird. And then Betty Davis again says, Karen, how can we help you? And Kyle says, not Karen, stupid, stupid, stupid. And then like collapses as the mom comes in. Yes. Also, we didn't touch on the fact that this music box is deeply creepy. It's got like oh, a I hate weird it. off-brand Barbie that spins in a circle and it's surrounded by mirrors. It's just very, very strange. It's not a good look. So mom comes in and she's like, I'm taking you girls away because Betty Davis is doing something even though jan is like mom i I didn't hurt like she's not hurt like please understand what's going on and the mom's like no we have to leave honestly i'm on mom's side at this point she's seen enough she's getting her kids the hell out of this place but she hasn't seen enough she hasn't seen shit she hasn't seen ghosts her her daughter her her kids have been acting weird ever since they got here now one of them's fainting in an old lady's house we're going baby get in the car well it's also pouring rain like monsoon this this part is where I wrote down Evil Dead Jr. because this one hundred percent is the part where Ash tries to leave the cabin in Evil Dead. Yeah, too, I guess we just watched. Yeah, and the car is like, tr- the car is like stalling out as they're driving, and then they get onto a bridge and it just stops. And I don't know how Jan knew this was going to happen because she's like, if we well, she says if we go back, it'll work. Yes, which is not yeah. what happens. Yeah, no. I think she tries at first and it doesn't work because she grabs the keys and like jumps out of the car for some reason. And she's like, we got to get off the bridge. And then because I was like, I thought Kyle Richards had the premonitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all get out of the car and the mom is like, what are you doing? And then they look back and a light, the blue lightning hits the car and the bridge kind of like mini explodes and catches well, catch, fire first the car catches fire and then the bridge sort of dissolves and falls apart and then the car f- like falls and crashes through the bridge and blows up at the bottom of the ravine yes a, sm- a small delightful ravine. yeah but delightful 
So apparently in the original version here, like they're back at the house, mom's talking to Jan. In the original version, Jan's babbling about what's going on and the mom slapped her and the audiences did not like that. And so they changed it to this where she's just like shaking her shoulders really aggressively. Wow. And I'm like, I, I, it's, I mean, I, it's funny that the, I, the audience was probably right there, but it's funny that mom's like, snap out of it. And it's like, lady, you just watched what happened. Your car died out of nowhere. The bridge collapsed and the car exploded. What more evidence you got to get that something weird is happening. You got to get on board at this point. Yeah. Um, and then, Kyle Richards red Kyle Richards red rums the same year the shining comes out. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. Although maybe they also edited the that in. Dead. Huh? I said also the phone is dead. Yes. Although maybe they edited that in after like that, that was part of the edit they put in in that Maybe. She doesn't write murder though. No, no, she but she's writing backwards on a yes. mirror and then there's another mirror that reflects the the real words. Uh, also, I don't know if you caught this, and I'm sure it's just the brand, but when Jan is going to like investigate Ellie, um, her pajamas say night shift. On yeah, that was weird. I, well, I just thought like such a <laughs> funny, like, oh, I'm going to work the night shift is a euphemism for going to bed. It's funny to me. Uh, we get this like completely nonsensical thing the next morning. Like she, she snaps Ellie out of it by mistake. She's trying to ask her questions and accidentally she wakes her up. And so she's not helpful. But the next morning, yeah, you gotta be Ellie. It, as my boyfriend talks in his sleep and I have to be careful about how much I ask him. Oh, cause sometimes I'll be like, what? Cause I genuinely think he's talking to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll, he'll repeat himself and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're not there. And then I'll get my yeah. phone out to film him so that I can show him later. Cause they're not always, <laughs> they're not always like a logical sentence of words. Sometimes it's, mm. it's like non it's, it's words. They're real words, yeah, but it's nonsense. Yeah. But they're the in, sentences have no structure, not in order. And I'm like, I won't remember this. So I have to like gently be like one more time and hope he doesn't get like, wake up or get mad at me. <laughs> uh, but this next part is like delightfully over the top to me because Jan is talking to Ellie, who is like kind of going about her day. She's looking for, uh, she made earlier in the movie, she made special glasses to view the eclipse and she's looking for those. And, um, she keeps saying things that she said last night in a trance. And the way that the movie is illustrating Jan understanding that is kind of like, if you ever watch a biopic about an author, when they like, don't know how to illustrate, uh, an author have any idea what they'll do is have someone do the thing in the real world and then like zoom in on the author's eyes as they do like an upturned eyebrow. Like, Hmm. Yeah. Like I've not, I've not seen it. And obviously we both think she's a trash person, but they made like a direct to lifetime movie or probably not lifetime, probably a British equivalent about, uh, the author of the Harry Potter books. And so there's like a sequence in which this character, uh, the author watches like people play chess and then is like, hmm, and like is imagining the chess play pieces fighting each other. And I was just like, what on earth are we talking about? Like, it's just chess. Like, everybody knows what chess is. It's the oldest, probably not the oldest, but one of the oldest games on earth. Like, everyone knows what chess is. Yeah. What do you mean she had to have a special? It's like, but just not a there's just not a good shorthand for that she sees someone run into a a wall at a church yes or not a church at a train station 
Exactly, yes. That's almost surely what's in the movie. But so in this sequence, it's like Jan talking to Ellie, and she's like, hurry up, there's not much time left. And it's like, crash zoom onto Jan's eyes real big and wide of like, she said that last night. She said that last night. She said that last night. I just was laughing my butt off at this stuff. Well, then later, so like two seconds later, Jan is on her. She's like, tell mom I'm, I'm going back to sleep. And I was like, that's weird. That's not a good lie. Yeah. And she gets on her bike and she tells Betty Davis, she's like, I'm going to get the three people who were there before to do the ritual around me because there's an eclipse today. And I was like, but why? Like, what is yeah, your yeah. end game here? Right. Yeah. And that's what I was saying is like, if you reorder this movie a little bit to like set it up so that she learns this information is like trying to like solve the like maybe she talks instead of having her talk to Keller. Tom, Tom. Yeah, Tom last and learn what happened. Like maybe she talks to Tom first and then it's like Betty Davis knows some of the rituals or something like that. And is like, Oh, if we recreate the ritual, like just some, there's a little what like a little bit more, I think if you change this up a little bit, but anyway, because I, was, to get the band back I just was like, why did, but like, what do you hope to accomplish from this? And why do you think you will accomplish anything from this? Yeah. And also in the sequence you're talking about where she goes to tell Betty Davis what's up, Betty Davis seems to know more than she lets on, which is weird to me. Like it never pays off in the movie. Kind of. But yeah. she's playing it like she has a secret. Because she says don't, don't, also Betty Davis is like, don't do it. If this made my daughter disappear, then like, why, what makes you think you won't disappear? And she's like, I don't know. Right, I right. have to try. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, why? You don't know this girl? Like this is not your, this is not your problem. Why are you dealing with it? So she gets Tom who goes pretty willingly and then they're like kind of frantic, you know, Oh my God, the eclipse is coming. The eclipse is coming. And then suddenly the whole gang arrives. Yeah. She convinces Keller to do it with more screaming and it's Mm -hmm. intercut between them in the chapel and Kyle Richards chasing her dog in the woods. And this is where all of a sudden Keller seems evil. Yes. And I was confused. He He seems like a witch or a warlock doing a spell here. Because she was like, I need you to repeat exactly what you said to her, but I'm Karen. Just talk to me like I'm Karen. And then Mike says like, well, if she's going to get hurt, I'm going to break that circle. And he turns to me and he goes, you mustn't stand away. And I was like, hold up. You didn't want to be here, Keller. So yeah, yeah. Why the change of heart? Yeah. And also, Mike, do stay out of it, please. Yeah. Mike, Get out here. Yeah. You're not helping. Uh, So Kyle Richards is in the woods. And she kind of like free, there's like, this. it's really cool shot of this like crazy wind whipping, whipping the leaves behind her. It kind of looks like yeah, in, yeah. in the happening when people are running from the wind, but like, good. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very clearly a giant industrial fan that like is on Angles. track and they're like chasing her with it. Yeah. It looks cool though. And she stops and she hears this voice that we haven't really heard before and kind of like right. freezes and then like walks like she's in a trance. And so they're performing the ritual. And then all of a sudden kyle richard shows up at the church like walking slowly and talking not in her own voice she's being dubbed now and turns out it's aliens yes and i was like (laughs) huh yeah out of nowhere no explanation no uh, no logic to this whatsoever and it's not just aliens it's like dimensional differences interdimensional yeah i was like yeah hold on because we have five minutes left in this movie yes and you're gonna say it's aliens yeah yeah and it's like we were doing like we were doing something in our planet or i was trying to go home i think it was an et i think they were here yes yeah 
and, and they for, needed the eclipse to like travel through or something like that and enabled them to do it. And for some reason, their doorway was at that exact spot in the church where Karen was standing. So she got in yes. the way and they switched places. Yes. And so this alien's been trapped on Earth for forever, basically. And this is where things started to get very confusing for me because I was like, okay, so if you are the alien and you need to switch places with the girl on your home planet, why do you need someone standing in the in that circle now shouldn't it be a blank space or shouldn't the aliens yes in that space because yeah. uh she starts to lift off the ground care uh jen jan does jan as she's like being warped in light and they're all doing they're all kind of like holding hands and making the like the alien grow or whatever and she's being like lifted off like she's in uh close encounters and i was like mm-hmm. well ha- you're gonna have to do another trade you can't like yeah. you already did a bad yeah. trade you're trying to go yeah. back what's happening yeah. And Mike, like, dives through and tackles her out of the beam, which is insane. Like, the the way that this resolves is goofy as hell. And then Karen is there as an adult. Yes. Which, like, yeah. there's... Like, not not quite... Like, it's hard to tell... Like, they very... Like, they have an older person dressed very young and, like, have done some tweaks. It doesn't look like she's the same age as the other actors. No. Though, to me. But, like, older than she was. Yeah. And apparently this is because... Uh, this was all reshoots. Well, in the original, she came back as a kid. Right. Well, the, in the original, the the actress who plays her at the end is the same actress who was her under the blindfold. But here they had to get a different actress because that actress is unavailable. And so they cast somebody older for reasons unknown to Oh. Her. I mean, it yeah. works to be like, it's been so long she got older, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, like, you either have to have her still be a kid, which sucks. Like, there's oh my a lot God. of problems there. And like you'll never be able to exp- like how could you possibly re- re- like make that we talked about this with Flight of the Navigator mm-hmm. where it's just like this is a problem like this won't make any sense to anyone and like how is this ever going to work um, or you make her the full grown adult which has its own different set of problems but also yeah. sucks we had to figure out which one sucks less yeah and then Betty Davis walks into the church and sees her daughter and is like it's you Karen cut to credits. This is this is all a double except for the part where Betty's in the doorway because she was like, uh, the director finished his movie. I don't want to be part of this. I love that. Yeah, because uh, they, they took it away from him to do the, the alternate edits and stuff they needed to do. Uh, I also thought it'd be very funny if <laughs> instead of this, it was just um, uh, Karen comes back and she's just babbling incoherently like she lost her mind. She was basically <laughs> in solitary confinement. That's for so bleak. Years. And she's just like, it's just like, yeah, that's probably what it would be. She's been blindfolded in an interdimensional hole for 30 years. So you sent me the clips of the alternate endings. So there's two other endings to the movie. At least. I've heard there's more. Okay. These are the only two that I saw evidence of online and like anyone documented. I can't believe they decided to get rid of this terrifying creature at the end. Yes. It looks, yeah, you know, so it looks like the prototype for extraterrestrial alien encounter. Yeah. It's very xenomorph. Like it's got fly wings that are really unsettling. Fly wings are just creepy in general. I think well, it also has like um, a bat wings it, when it wraps yeah, around her yeah. at one point. Yes. Yeah. It has, it has like wing bat wings for arms and then to fly. It has like little translucent fly wings that are really creepy looking. Yeah, so basically the re- the alternate ending is that instead of Kyle Richards coming in talking like an adult, it's this horrifying chrome alien creature 
that like sort of looks like a Brundlefly too, like the the fly with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Brundlefly meets Xenomorph meets yeah. Alien Encounter, and he it like laser blasts Mike because he tries to interfere, and then like everyone's scared because it, it doesn't. At one it's point, horrifying. At one point in the in the version that is widely available, they're all three holding hands, and there's a beam of light getting stronger next to Kyle Richards, and the and the the woman in the group is like and like lets her hand go and i was like girl you are in zero yeah. danger get your yeah. shit together yeah, yeah this yeah. version makes a lot more sense that she would be scared and let absolutely. go absolutely yeah because in the version we see that, that is released it's just like a column of yellow light that's like it gets interrupted at one point and then it comes back and it's just kind of like floating yellow light yeah it's it's just, i'm like why is that scary um, right, but right. this creature is it like walks up to um, Jan and like wraps around her. It like envelops her in its leathery little bat wings and yeah. floats up and disappears. And then Jan and Karen just appear because oh the mom the mom comes in. No 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 no. Well, the, there's two different the ones. Other planet. That, oh, okay, okay okay. So this version is. I thought the alien was only in the one where you see the. Other no, planet. it's in both. Sorry. It wraps around her and they disappear and then. Jan and and Ellie's mom comes in and is like, "Where are my daughters?" And I was like, "This is dark." And yeah. as she's like giving up hope, Jan and Karen show up, and Karen is a kid again. And yes. then it's like, "Oh, it's all over now." And then in the third one, the al- alien comes in, does hits Mike, wraps around her, and then takes yeah. her to the planet. Yes, and it's like this very weird, almost like the movie Metropolis from the forties, decade wrong, fifties. No, it's older than that. Anyway, the movie Metropolis, the very old movie, Fritz Lang movie, um, like it's very shiny and and like weird uh, platformy, like very geometric p- patterns. Yeah, and they like the alien like puts her down, lets her walk into the like cube prism prison that is holding Karen, and they hug, and then they transport back to Earth. It's bonkers. And both both of those alternate versions end with Karen making her way across a field and then to her mom's house. And then they hug on the front lawn and are like reunited and crying and stuff. Yeah. But apparently test audiences found this fly to be very silly looking and we're laughing at it. Really? It shocks me. Cause I think it's creepy. Yeah. It's, I think it's really creepy. creepy looking. I thought so too, but apparently test audiences thought this was hilarious. I mean, maybe it's just the whole alien thing. Yeah, I mean, the alien thing comes out of absolutely nowhere, makes zero sense. But it's better, like, it, it's way better than what we get. Honestly, I feel like the ideal version sort of merges. Because I wonder, I realize now, I don't think the alien talks in the other versions. Nope, so we don't get no. the explanation of, like, yes, you need you needed so, both endings. That's what I was going to say. If you merged it and put the stuff that Ellie says in the alien's mouth and just made it like the alien communicates telepathically or something like that. Mm-hmm. It would have been it, like that to me makes that much better. I agree. Like a, a little bit of it would technically be voiceover, but it would be dialogue inserted basically to have him like, I'm speaking to you telepathically and, you know, whatever, because it doesn't have a mouth. Um, yeah. It might yeah, have had a mouth. I think the fly version is cool as hell. Well, I mean, you did, it, yeah. it wasn't moving and speaking in the in the movie, so you could have to ADR the dialogue. But I thought it looked cool. Like, I thought this was a way more interesting thing. And at least if it's an alien, it makes. You know, a little bit of this makes sense. But that version apparently also started with the alien. There's a little girl playing in the woods, not a character in the movie, but just a little girl playing in the woods with a doll. And the alien, like, sucks her doll away and slams it into a tree and sets it on fire. And then the, what? Opening, credits, the opening credits start over this melting doll. 
Like it's it's a it's like a, a time elapsed shot of this doll melting. Oh my god! Roll. Yeah, which is just insane. But it did make me think. We have said before on this show, most movies, many movies anyway, would be improved with a predator. And it got me thinking. This might have been better with predator. If this was a secret predator, I think it's a better movie if it's a secret predator. Better with the predator. Because it could be like, you know, the Predator's got the thing of like, my I'm a hunter warrior, like I need to have the same weapons as the Code of ethics. Here. Yeah. And so the Predator's not hunting these people because it's an accident. Like her daughter got shipped to my planet and I needed to return her because that's not safe for her. But I couldn't get back to my home planet. And so I just hunted for survival. But I wasn't here just like murdering humans because, you know, that's not what I'm here for. I like that, actually. Yeah. And then it goes, you know, to the jungle and fights Arnold Schwarzenegger and then to Los Angeles for some reason. Yeah. And well, then Karen comes back and she's a warrior. Yes. Dope as hell. And then that segues into that Predator movie that comes out this year next on Hulu. That's like Predator There's in an... the 1600s. Or oh, whatever. that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. I hope it's not filmed in a warehouse in Atlanta. Mm. I'm sure it was, but it would be nice if they actually went to a forest is all I'm saying. I agree. Forests are easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought the alternate endings were really fascinating with this because it really adds a lot to this movie to, to, it's weird as hell to go aliens here. Don't get me wrong. Aliens is a bizarre fucking choice. Yeah. But it being aliens and you never see the alien and it's just beams of light is perhaps the weirdest possible choice. Yeah. So, uh, what are your final thoughts on Watcher in the Woods? It's super breezy, so, like, go for it. It's just, like, yeah. be prepared to sort of feel like you want more. Yeah, there's not a lot of here, here. In, no. In, to, 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 to coin a phrase. It, it, like, it, the movie is one of those, like, this scenes laid out abruptly in the correct order where it's just, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, we're jumping locations. We're doing, you know, this character's now talking to that character. Boom, now this character's talking to somebody else, which is fine. Like, you don't, you don't necessarily need that interstitial stuff but very quickly jumping around um pretty good performances overall betty davis yeah. shockingly pretty great here i don't know if this is her last role but it's got to be close it's probably one of her later ones yeah 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 it's like when i was back to the bye bye man when i was watching faye dunaway there it's like man don't you think about like is this it like you got to think of like this could be the final is this the what you wanted the bye bye man and the contention for being the last one i wonder if she knew someone for bye bye man because like she's been really particular about her roles lately faye dunaway because she's basically was like retreated away from hollywood after mommy dearest and sort of like did her own thing I mean, maybe it's like she liked, maybe she liked Lee Wanell's other movies. Maybe she's a sawhead. Maybe, honestly. Maybe, maybe Faye Dunaway is just a big fan of the Saw movies or something. That's a funny, that's a funny thing to consider. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm sure this is one of the last few for Betty Davis, um, if not the end. So it, it, she's still got it. She's still bringing the heat here. She's, yeah. she's good in this part. Uh, I don't know a ton of Betty Davis, but she's she's good in this part for sure. But yeah, it's a weird little movie. It's, and especially considering, you know, it was fully released by Disney. It's out from, it's got the old Buena Vista text. um, Yeah. You know, the screen on, uh, this might be their only full length horror venture, self-described horror venture. It it might be. It was part of a attempt they made to like actively court the teen audience yeah. because they, everyone assumed it was for kids. You know, it being for Disney, so maybe something wicked would count in that. But yeah, yeah, that's more like fairy tale horror than this. But also, this has like a lot of horror, but not full horror. And apparently, the director 
had said that like they had someone on set who was constantly like, nope, tone that down. Nope, tone that down. Oh, nope, like from like a, like a suit? Yeah, and he was he was trying to make it creepier and scarier, and they kept being like, nope, 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 pull that well, back, pull that well, back. Apparently he, I don't know, maybe it wasn't him. Someone brought Watcher in the Woods to them and said this could be our exorcist. And I was like, oh, interesting. That's, if that's what you were going for, not quite. Yeah, yeah. Not not quite it, but I could see where you could see the. I, if you really squint, I could see where you could see those connect. Like it's, isolated it's, house, it's good spooky, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it, you could do worse, but you could easily do better. So I yeah. consider that. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we are going to be doing the listener request month drawing soonish. Keep an eye on the social medias. That's uh, at dissect the eighties on Twitter and dissect the eighties on Facebook. Uh, keep it tuned there and see when we're going to do that. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash dissectin80s and check out the great extra content we have there. There's a, a bonus episode coming just for Patreon folks in June that'll be uh, selected by them uh, for uh, the continuation of Listener Request Month. We also just recently put out a full-length episode on E.T. that I think was a lot of fun and uh, lots of great stuff coming down the pike. So patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. Um, if you sign up for that, you get all of the content we've ever put out there. It's not just, you know, going, you don't just get the new stuff. You get everything in the past instantly. So more than 20 hours of bonus content uh, to listen to at this point. Uh, and at least one video, I think our uh, footloose show, there's the video version of it. If you want to check that out. So patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties. And uh, don't forget to leave a review for the show if you haven't done that. Go out and uh, whatever platform you use, leave us a review. We appreciate those very much, and we read them on the air. So if you uh, screenshot that and send it to dissectingthe80s at gmail.com, we will read that on the air. Uh, If you review it anywhere but Apple, we'll need to do it that way. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until Listener Request Month. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.